Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. A lot with a little. So we're in week two. If you missed last week, that's okay um, because these are standalones. But if you think about God does a lot with a little as a concept, really life itself reflects this whole idea of God can do a lot with a little. Think about conception. Wow, he's going there really early today, isn't he? (laughs) But if you think about it, now this microscopic sperm and this microscopic egg joined together to make this intricate human being. Something little becoming something quite significant. Or many of you know, prior to being in ministry, I was a fire officer in the fire brigade. And so often I talk about fires and different things like that. But you think about like a small spark, if I had a match and a little match, just a small spark can ignite something quite significant. And we've seen forest fires in, in well, right throughout Australia and in, in California that happen from a small spark. From little, big things grow. Last week I talked about two, what the world might see as two little people. I talked about a little shepherd boy and I talked about a little peasant girl whom nobody really knew or understood or they weren't very normal, they weren't, sorry, extraordinary, they were very normal, lived in these places that were quite obscure and yet that little shepherd boy became the king of Israel. His name was David. That little peasant girl was chosen by God to carry Jesus. The little becoming big. Now we looked and we dedicated three beautiful children this morning, Asher and Jordan and Amelia, and and they're just little children, but so much potential within them for what's to come. God can do a lot with a little. You know, there's an illustration that Jesus uses uses, um, in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, from verse uh, 31 to 32, and I love this illustration he uses. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven, but he, but he uses an incredible illustration of how something so small can be quite significant. He says this, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. Something so small growing to something so big. I've actually got in this little bag here oh, hundreds and hundreds of little mustard seeds. You probably can't see them. This was, this was actually given to Kaz and I when we left a church that we planted um, down in, on the Mornington Peninsula and we'd been there 10 almost 11 years and we felt God moving us on and the church gave us a few gifts but they gave us, which was beautiful, they gave us this bag of mustard seeds and they talked about from the, from the small beginnings what God has done in and through the church and it was a reminder of what he can do if we take the small things in us and we give them to him. Now you look at these seeds and you doubt that much could come of a seed like this. It doesn't really exude much expectation. Yet Jesus chose a mustard seed for his parable because of its size. He picked a mustard seed because it's one of the smaller seeds. He did that on purpose. He didn't pick a pumpkin seed. 
He picked a mustard seed because of its size and then what it grows into. The power and the potential that lies within. See, a seed not much bigger than a pinhead has the power to grow into a towering plant. God causes the smallest, most insignificant seed to grow into something significant. Sometimes as, as big as nine foot tall, these mustard plants can grow. See, the seed doesn't stay as a seed. It grows into something significant. How many know there's no limits with God? So often we said last week that we can look at ourselves and we can think of ourselves as being insignificant and small and obscure and nobody really knows me and I could even come to church and hopefully this doesn't happen here but nobody could talk to me. I could go home and I could feel like, well, who am I anyway? And God says, no, no, no. You're like a mustard seed to me. Something that might look to the world as small, but I've got something in you that is significant. So what I want to do today is I want to take that principle and take it not just in terms of you and I as people, but I believe there are mustard seed moments in our life. Small moments that when we recognise the opportunity God's given us could turn into something quite significant. I'm going to give you three stories this morning. I gave you two last week. Three stories this morning of what that might look like. But there's a kingdom principle here. God's kingdom, people, situations, circumstances and moments aren't limited to what they appear in the natural. A moment can look to us like just another moment. But with God, with God's breath, with God's eyes, with God's heart, with God's desire, a moment like any other can be really quite significant if we allow him to take the moment. The Gospel of Luke Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 10 says this, If you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with great, uh, greater responsibilities. Matthew chapter 25 says this, it says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in the very few things. I will put you in charge with many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You see, Jesus is saying, I, the small things are important. The little moments, the little situations, the little circumstances, to you might be nothing. The little conversations you have, for you it might seem like nothing. For God it's significant. Because he says when you're faithful in the little, watch what I can do in and through you. So today I want to look at some little moments. There's a quote from Mother Teresa that says, Be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. I don't know about you, but how... For me, I always catch myself with this because I'm always thinking about the big stuff. You know, I'm always thinking about winning the grand final and, and, you know, holding up the prize. Or I'm always thinking about, you know, getting to the stage where the church is really having an impact huge and I'm thinking out there. And God's going, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with those dreams and visions. But what about being in the moment? You know, in the football game, it's not about just holding the prize. It's the little things that people do within the game that can make a huge impact. Now, I, when I say football, you know that I'm thinking AFL, the only real, the, the game they play in heaven. Oh, I know, I know I've got you on the wrong side now. Particularly right now when it's state of origin time, what am I doing even saying that? And, and the Maroons won too, which is even better, isn't it? For many of us. Okay, I've got you back on board. Good. Let's keep going. It's the same thing. I can be thinking about, oh, imagine the church when, rather than going, no, no, no. What about right now in this moment? Let's not miss this moment thinking about the next. Great example of this being in the moment 
Um, some of you may know, some of you may not, but prior into, to going into ministry, um, I mentioned that I was a, a firefighter. Well, Kaz was a hairdresser. And she, she's retired now. Ladies, do not be going up and asking her to do your cut and colour your hair. She is now retired. But she was a hairdresser. And we used to have, um, on the Mornington Peninsula in Melbourne where we live, we, our, our house had um, a garage that was under the roof line. It had water and power. So we took the garage door off, put a sliding door on. And when our children were little, Kaz set up a salon in there so she could take them to school and then work. And then when the kids came home, she'd close the salon up. Anyway, we had this one young, young uh, boy that used to come in, just in primary school age boy, and he'd come in um, for his haircut every six weeks or so. His name was Dale. Well, his name is Dale. And he'd come in and Kaz had cut his hair and they just start chatting. Now, for some people, some hairdressers will be, oh, it's just another, it's a child's cut and it's $10 or whatever they used to charge and all well and being go home. But Kaz would just chat with Dale and ask how his day was and ask how things are going and they built a, 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 quite a friendship and Dale would share with him about, share with Kaz about school and about girls that he liked and all sorts of things started opening up. And so there was this one moment, we were, we were pastoring a youth program in those days and there was one moment when he got to grade six and he was old enough and Kaz shared about this youth camp that we were running and she just felt in her heart in a moment like any other moment when she was cutting his hair, she told him about this camp, just, just a moment. And she said, hey Dale, would you like to come? And Dale said, I'd love to come. I'm going to ask my mum and see if I can, I can come. One moment, sharing one little story about a camp. Let me fast forward now. Since that camp, Dale has now become a Christian. He's been baptised. He's married a Christian woman. He's got three boys. Three boys, all faithfully serving in church. Dale serves on the youth team. Dale spoke to his brother about his faith. His brother made a decision for Jesus. His brother and their family are now passionately involved in the church. He shared with his father. His father is now a follower of Jesus. From little things, little convert, little moments, big things can grow. Big things can grow. It's all about us making the most of the little moments and seeing them as just as important as the big things. Now, Kaz could be thinking, "Oh, we know when I when I preach on a you know when I preach on a Friday night at youth, you know that's the important time when God moves." It's like, no, no, no. From little things, big. I like that. From little things, big things grow. <laughs> I'm gonna, every time you see that ad now, you're going to think about this message. Yeah, yeah. From little things, little moments, God can do incredible, incredible things. It was just a little conversation. So the first thing I want to say to you is, God uses little conversations. Jesus does exactly this thing. He models this so beautifully. Do you remember the moment with Jesus at the well? The Samaritan woman, he has a little conversation. He has a, a mustard seed moment where he has a little conversation with a woman at the well. And Jesus, through that conversation, the woman goes back and the whole community is changed. See, Jesus is returning. Let me set the scene up and then we'll read the passage. But Jesus is returning to Galilee and on the way he goes through Samaria. So it's, it's on the way. He's not, he's not going to Samaria for a purpose. He's going on the way through. As he's passing through, he comes to a Samaritan village and there's a well. And Jesus is tired and he's thirsty, so he stops at the well about midday. And while he's there, a Samaritan woman comes and Jesus takes the small moment and just starts to talk to this woman. And he asks her for a drink of water. Now, for most of us, go, we would go, well, that's, that's just normal. That's okay. Well, it wasn't normal in that time. Firstly, it was not normal for a Jew to speak to a Samaritan. 
Just in the cultural in those days, they never spoke. Particularly if it was a Samaritan woman. You would not speak to her at all. You certainly wouldn't ask her to provide you with a, glass, with a cup of water. That's what Jesus did. Let's check it out. Let's check out this little moment as Jesus was passing through that he shares God's understanding of this woman's life and God's love for her. And watch what happens. John chapter 4 and verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And the Samaritan woman says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with right now. You certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said. You must be a prophet. And then further on, Jesus reveals that he is the coming Messiah. He's not, just, he's not a prophet, he's the coming Messiah that everyone's been waiting for. In verse 25, the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus tells her, in this little moment, around a well, over a glass of water, I'm the Messiah. And just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them, none of them had the nerve to ask what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. She came for the water in the hottest part of the day and she, she's so excited about that little moment that she leaves the water jar there and she runs back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything that I'd ever done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so the people came streaming from the village to see him. And then verse 39, she's gone to the village. She's talking to everyone from that one little moment. She's gone to the village. She's telling everybody what she just experienced in that one little moment over a cup of water. And in verse 39, we read, Many Samaritans from that village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I'd ever done. And when, he came, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you've told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world. See, it started with a little conversation in a little moment that wasn't planned. The woman has this conversation with Jesus and then it's what she did with that moment that changed a village. Some would say it was just a little moment. You may, you may, you may, if you didn't respond the way the woman did, it could have just been a little moment where she got some water and she gave someone a drink of water. A bit strange because he was a Jew, then went back to her life. But she recognised God in the midst of the moment. A little moment. A little conversation. Let me tell you another story about a little walk. How many of us love going for walks? How many of us love going for runs? How, much, how, how many of us love sitting in front of the fire? <laughs> oh my goodness, this may not, no, no, you'll get it. <laughs> There's, I'm going to tell you about a little walk. Somebody who went on just a little walk and in that little moment, a life was changed. A guy by the name of Philip. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, let's read it. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Okay, so let's just pause for a minute. So... 
Philip's prompted by an angel, prompted by, by the things of God, go for a walk. You'll notice it doesn't say you're going to this destination. It just says, get up and go down the road towards the south and it's a desert road. So in other words, it probably won't lead really anywhere except dry and... Now how many would go, yeah, I'll do that. Let's look at his response. And he rose and he went. Prompted, small prompt. He rises and he went and he goes. And there, on this walk, as he walked down this road, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. That was his role. He's there. He'd come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. So here he is, Philip, who's been told by, by God to go for a walk down a, a dry walk towards a desert. Nothing really going to be around. Don't even know why I'm going there. Don't even know where I'm going, but I'm going because you told me to. And then he sees... In the distance, he sees this chariot. And so then the Spirit says to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now what I love here is Philip doesn't go, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. So who's in there? Are they dangerous? Why do you want me to go there? Can you you give me a little bit more information? How many people would want more information? I know I would. I know I would. But no, no, no. Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. So he goes from a little walk to a little run. And he runs over to the chariot and he hears this man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he asks, he starts, not only hears him reading, he goes up and kind of moves through the, excuse me, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And then the Ethiopian invites Philip to come up and sit with him. Here's a day like any other. Philip's in bed. God speaks to Philip and simply says, get up and go for a walk. So he gets up and then there's a small prompt. I want you to go over now. I want you to run over or go over and talk to this guy. Not even knowing what he was going to do. And so he goes over there. Here's the scripture. God creates a moment. And for those of you who've read the story, after he understands, the Ethiopian understands the story, he says, this is amazing. I need to, I need to be baptised. God does incredible things through Philip. He's baptised in the river, river, and then you can read the rest of the story, which is even more powerful, what happens to Philip next. But I'll leave that to you. Go and check it out. Amazing. Read the rest of Acts chapter 8. But what I love is a small walk turns into a small prompt, turns into a life change forever. I remember when, um, when Kaz and I, we'd been part of a church, um, church leadership team for 17, well, we've been at the church 17 years, and um, we are feeling a little unsettled. And we were going for a bit of a walk along the beach. And we weren't really going anywhere, but we were going for a walk. And we were just talking about, why are we both feeling, because we were both feeling unsettled at the same time. Why are we feeling so unsettled? And we were walking and talking. And, and then I can't remember which one of us, probably Kaz, because she hears from God far better than I do. She says, she says to me, she says, well, maybe God's unsettling us for a purpose. Maybe he's trying to get our attention. So as we're walking along the beach, just walking along the beach, we, just, we ask this random question. God, are you trying to speak to us? Are you trying to tell us something? And in that moment, we had a sense that God was saying, I want you to leave the church that you've been pastoring as part of the team there. I want you to plant something new and different on the Mornington Peninsula. And that walk, that just that, that walk that we were just going for a walk along the beach and we started to talk, God led us to a moment where we asked him a question and he gave us an answer. And that was the start of the birth of a church called Liquid Church. 
which was birthed in 2007, yes, 2007, and we were able to pastor for, for 10 years and saw God bless it and grow it incredibly. But it started with a little walk and a little conversation and being open to the things of God. I wonder if you've ever been in a moment like that where you've just been on a walk and God's prompted you, ring someone. Pray for this person. Hey, maybe, maybe I'm calling into something new. Maybe, maybe what you've been doing, I, I, wanna, I want you to come with a different attitude. Maybe, but it's in the walk as you're seeking God that he drops it in. A little walk. And finally, the last little story I want to talk about is a little snack. Just a little snack. John chapter 6, and verse, reading from verse 1. After this, Jesus crosses over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed up on a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming, looking for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, What can we buy where can we buy bread to feed all these people? So this is the same Philip, yeah? Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. So Jesus, where are we going to buy bread to feed all these people? Knowing what was about to happen. But he looks to Philip for his response. And, and Philip replies, even if we, were worked, we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Hey, I found a, boy, I found a little boy and he's happy to give you his snack or his lunch, depending on how much he ate. He's happy to give this to you. But what good is it with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. Well, how many are we talking? Well, let's look at it. The men alone numbered 5,000. So the numbers probably are, men were about 5,000, so add women and children. We're probably talking approximately 10,000 people. Five loaves, two fish. I would want to be at the front of the line. <laughs> let's read on. Then Jesus took the loaves and he gave thanks. So he takes the loaves and he takes the fish and he breaks them and he gives thanks for them. And he distributes them to other people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate, get this, as much as they wanted. Not just, oh, just a little bit for you. Oh, hang on. We've still got 4,300 to go. Just a little bit. No, no, no. They all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told the disciples, now, get this, gather the leftovers of the five loaves and two fish with 10,000 people eating. <laughs> gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet oops, that we have been expecting. A little boy's lunch. A little bit of bread. A little bit of fish. 5,000 men and women and children. But when we put the little into Jesus' hands, get this, when you put the, lit, the little moment, when you put the little prayer, when you put the little faith, when you put the little situation or the little circumstance in the hands of Jesus, 
Jesus is the God who takes five and two and feeds 10,000. This is not a parable. This is not a story that you're supposed to get something out of that was made up. This is what actually happened. And there's, there's accounts of that in the gospel messages. Personal accounts. People who were there at the time. When we take the little, when we take a little moment, and we ask God to bless that little moment, you watch what he does. When you take that little moment in your life and you say, God, would you bless this? God, would you move here? And you give it to him. Rather than trying to strive to make it happen yourself, watch what he does. See, a little moment, a little snack, a little walk. What are we talking about? A little faith. A little faith. A small moment of faith, as small as a mustard seed in God's hands, can make a significant difference. And I believe God is bringing in your life and will bring in your life mustard seed moments. His promise to you is, I'm going to bring mustard seed moments. And what he's asking is, will you bring your faith, which can be as small as a mustard seed, or it can be as big as a pumpkin seed. But will you bring whatever faith you have in that moment to him and watch what he might do. But God is bringing mustard seed moments. Do you see them? Are you aware of them? Are you open to them? Are you ready to respond in those moments? You know, for too long, we have church, the church have said, we have to be at a certain place or there's this expectation. Sometimes not said, I don't think churches say this, but there's this expectation that we've got to be at a certain place for God to use us. What I love about this what I love about this is wherever you're at right now, you might just be kicking the tyres of the Christian faith. You might even go, you know what, I don't even know that I'm a Christian, Murray. I'm just checking church out. This Jesus, there's something about this Jesus that, that, that attracts me that I want to know more about, but I'm just checking things out. Then this is, a, this is a mustard seed moment for you. So come with that little check out faith and watch what God does when you place it in His hands. But for others of us, we might be in a place where we would call ourselves a Christian I've been a Christian for a long time but the idea of having faith to believe in God to take something small and to turn it into something supernatural in your life might be a new concept you might have faith to believe that God could do something in the lives of others or in a ministry area or in a church environment but I'm saying no, no, no That's yes, God wants to do that but He wants to do something in you in your faith this morning like mustard seeds, when you plant your moments in God, they'll grow into something quite significant, quite beyond what you can even imagine. If you plant your moments like a mustard seed in the things of God, are you ready to respond? The small things are big things in God's hands. Those who feel small, Jesus says, are mighty in God's hands. Those little moments can be significant and life-changing, like those three stories in God's hands. The power of the little is great. Small beginnings can be great. We place them in the hands of God. We place them in the hands of Jesus. So when was the last time you got up in the morning and said, here's another 24 hours, God. This 24 hours I'm going to place in your hand. 
do something in me and through me. I promise you when you do that, God's promise is when we plan our moments in Him, He will take small things and grow them into significant things in your life and in the lives of others. It's about doing something. Do one little thing. Maybe, maybe this week it's one little call. When you're prompted to, to contact that person, you make that one little call. Or you see a need and you do that one little help. Or you recognise somebody has a need for food and you make that one little meal. Or you decide to give that one little gift. Or maybe, maybe you write that one little message. Or you text that one little text. Or make that one little phone call. Or maybe it's that one little word. You reach out and you say, I'm sorry. And that one little word. S-O-R-R-Y. Yeah, five letters. So powerful. In one word, can be so powerful in a relationship. When we say, God... I know I need to step in now and apologise. And you bring that word and you, you plant that moment seed and you speak it out. That one little help, that one little walk across the room to say hi to someone new who may be standing on their own. God will take the sacrifice of the little and turn it into something significant. He's done it, He's doing it and He'll continue to do it. But He's looking for faithful people who go, I'm going to take my little mustard seed faith and I'm going to trust you in this God. Watch what He does. Watch what He does. So many of us have stories of God moving powerfully with a little bit of faith. And some of us are feeling tired now in our faith. I just My sense this morning is there are people here who are just feeling tired. And Murray, it's, it's everything in me just to, just to be here this morning. Well, God knows that. And for you, maybe that's part of your mustard seed moment. I'm, I'm here, Murray. I'm here. Well, we're going to pray in a moment. While you're here, what I want you to, what I want to prompt you to do is take that bit of faith and say, God, would you fill my heart with your love? Would you fill my heart with your peace? Will you show me your presence in this place, in this moment? Because remember, God can do a lot with a little. A little mustard seed grows into a tree so large that birds can come and nest on it and take shelter in its branches. A tree that can provide shelter and protection comes from one of these. Every time you see a seed now, I want you to think about if my faith is that small and I bring it and put it in the hands of God, He can do something extraordinary. I just think it's so ironic that something so small and insignificant is the thing that brings shelter and life. What look like small beginnings can produce great things if we recognise our mustard seed moments and we step into them. I just believe now is a moment. It's a moment for you and I, wherever we're at on our faith journey, to bring this small moment, this one Sunday, Sunday morning, in this moment, what would it look like for you to bring your heart to Jesus? and say, here I am. Speak to me and work through me. Imagine what God can do with that prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.